I can't tell you that today is going to be perfect. I can't tell you that the sun is going to be brighter than it ever has been. I can't tell you that tomorrow's going to come for you. But I can tell you this, that if you don't keep moving forward, if you don't get out of bed, if you don't open your eyes and start moving, you will never find out. not your fault that you were born broke, that you were born on the wrong side of the tracks, that your dad didn't love you, that your mom wasn't there for you, that your whole entire family abandoned you. But it is your fault if you don't get up and you don't keep walking and you don't keep pushing that boulder up the mountain as hard as you possibly can. You know why? Because ain't nobody else going to do it for you. Time to put the big boy pants on, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go to work. It's time to put the big boy pants on, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go to work. What's up? How are y'all doing? It is Monday, right before Thanksgiving. My name is Drew. This is the DC Journey. And last night, you guys don't know it was last night, but last night we shot a video uh, me and my bride. It was uh, interesting. Uh, it was fun. It was uh, it was a a uh, it was a masterpiece, as they call it. No, they don't. But we uh, we had a good time, man. We're uh, we're testing out new things. That was episode one. Today is episode two, and I am sitting here with one of my best friends, old Russell Daniel. He's got two first names, uh, kind of like Drew Craig, man. Except that's actually your real name. Mine is kind of a, a makeshift of my first and middle name. Yeah, well, my middle name could be a first name or last name. Or <laughs> What's your middle name? Gordon. Gordon. Hey, yeah. Gordon. Russell. <laughs> Gordon. Daniel. Yeah. Three first names. Yeah. Man, this is unbelievable. I'm finding out new stuff about you today. This is no, great. You, you don't even know. So you guys have heard about it if you listen to anything that I've ever talked about. Uh, you have heard uh, me mention Russell. Russell's a... Um, he's just my brother. He is a, a good dude. He, um, he wears very many hats. I, I talked about you last night. You, um, you're, you're a pastor, you're an entrepreneur, you, uh, do real estate. I mean, you've done some stuff that, you know, with your wife and, and, and through other things and y'all own a bunch of houses. You, you've owned a gym. Uh, I mean, you, you just bought property and you're going to put an Airbnb thing on there. I mean, there's so many different things about you that we can talk about. Um, but dude, give us, give us two, three, four, five hundred minutes, whatever. It doesn't matter. Talk, talk to us about who you are and let's get into it. Oh man, who I am, huh? Gosh. All right. Well, um, I'm a pastor's kid. You knew that, right? Yeah. Grew up in a pastor's home. Good old Southern Baptist family. Uh, huge part of my life. Obviously, my faith. I grew up in the church. Loved the church. Actually, was not your typical pastor's kid. And um, man, really, I don't know. Found some really great friends there. Had some really awesome mentors. Um, and and really loved the church a whole whole lot. Never wanted to be a pastor though. Mm. Had had no idea that uh, God had that in store for me. But um, yeah, here I am, and still love the church with all its. Um, I don't know, weird things and all the craziness we've been through and its imperfections. And 
you know, in the church, obviously, you find Christ, and uh, He's the hope of the world, and, you know, he's, he's my rock and my center, and, you know, if you boil it all down, that's what I'm really all about at the end of the day, is loving Jesus and helping other people grow closer to Him, and at least that's what I want to be about. And uh, I know sometimes we all get distracted and take different paths for a little while, but uh, God is good, and He always brings us back. Yeah, always brings us back on. But yeah, yeah that's my that's my main passion. That's why I'm here in Hutto. That's what got me here is just to, you know, help people find Jesus. Yeah. So we're we're sitting here at the 201 Studio in Hutto, Texas. And I think we both got this, you know, we have a love for this town. Neither yeah. one of us were born here. Yeah. Uh, I've been here for the past like 10 years, something like that. Yeah. Um, and we, we, we live in the area. We've lived in the, around the area a long time. You know, we live outside of Hutto, but um, Hutto is just a different town, man. And, and so like when we first came to this area, like it was because of church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's and, right. and I had the opportunity to lead worship at a church locally. And, um, you know, anytime like a new pastor comes to town, everyone's like, oh my gosh, you got to meet X, Y, Z. You got to meet the new pastor. I mean, y'all would connect a lot. That doesn't necessarily make any sense. It's funny though. You're right though. Cause we had a new pastor come in. I don't know what the last year, year and a half. Yeah. yeah. And that was, I mean, yeah, he actually did. He did meet everybody. Yeah. Which, which is kind of crazy. Because it's like y'all, y'all would hit it off, man. Y'all would, y'all would love to spend time with each other. But yeah. most pastors, like they don't. A lot of people think they need to be the the friendliest person amongst everyone in every church. But like, you don't see every pastor in this town. Like you, you may not even know them on a first name basis. But they're supposed to be taking care of their congregation. You know what I'm saying? And so yeah. like, hey, this guy came in earlier to the office. Hey man, I, I just met this other guy. He's a pastor. It's like I, t- I talked to him about you, and and uh, man, I just felt like y'all would hit it off, and y'all would be able to hang out. I'm like, bro, like I'm hanging out with people from my church. I know you're hanging out with people at your church. I don't. Yeah. You don't really have time to go hang out with 25 other pastors just because y'all are good people. Y'all have got similar mindsets. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, yeah. I've got two things I do with other pastors. One is I still meet with two guys that I was on staff at ACF with. Yeah, and we probably average every other week together, and yeah. then. Uh, there's a little group of pastors here in Hutto, and we get together. We shoot for twice a month. It probably comes out closer to once a month. Yeah, because people are busy. Yeah, but that's it. Like, I don't. If you're not in one of those two things, I'm not really hanging out with you. If you're a pastor in the area, yeah. I mean, I'll go to coffee with you or lunch or whatever. But yeah, it's it's, it's a little uh, interesting. It is interesting. And church is a weird world. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people have this this. Interesting view of what a pastor does. I always make fun of you and tell you <laughs> that, like, oh man, you must have had a hard work week working one day a week. Oh yeah, you know? and that one morning. Come on, let's get it right. <laughs> right. It's not. Even, it's not even all day. Like you're still out before like the the Cowboys get to kick off or or you know football games start on Sundays. Yeah. And so, um, what what is it? What's it like being a pastor? And and, and there's several different sized churches. Your church is a brand spanking new church, been around a couple a couple years. Are you going on a year? Well, it depends on how you want to well, qualify. <laughs> yeah, we can go into we can go into all different sure, angles. We'll do whatever. So like you you were a part of a big church. Yeah. That church planted this church or, or how would you let's walk let's just walk through the history. You, you just want me to share my life history let's go. here? Okay. Let's go. So back in nineteen eighty seven. This little boy was born in Austin, Texas. So cute. So cute. <laughs> Seton Hospital. He was walking by. He was six months old, wasn't it? Yeah. What? You were six months old walking, right? I don't know. 
Well, I was. <laughs> <laughs> You're an overachiever, so. Mm-hmm. No, no, uh, I mean, I'll just go back to what I kind of said earlier. You know, grew up in a pastor's home, never really wanted to be in ministry at all. And I uh, thought, you know, I'd do what you're doing, being an entrepreneur and yeah. uh, running business and that kind of thing. Of course, I figured I'd be in banking and, like, wear a stupid suit oh, or something all God, the time. But be, dude, like, it, it would be... It would be very difficult. I'm so glad churches don't have like pastors that wear suits anymore, unless you're like really old school. Yeah, I'm trying it's to just think. those are the most uncomfortable things. When's the last time you saw Furtick with a with a suit on? Oh, it? I don't know. And then I Andy. almost wore a jacket this last week, but it was cold. Craig so. Rochelle doesn't even wear a suit. He typically wears like jeans and a t-shirt. Well, you know, Matt Chandler. I saw he was in a suit a couple of times last year. Yeah, yeah. I'm anyway. trying to think who are the. I mean, I mean, this this Olstein this. Oh, he probably does. He, yeah. He oh, absolutely. Suit. Yeah, he's got to absolutely dress to impress. He does, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> new suit every what's week. What's that guy? What's that guy that's like? You remember when when uh, he's he's a real sketchy dude, kind of kind of crazy. I know we're taking tangents, but it's okay. <laughs> but there's a video surfacing on him, like about him, and it's like COVID nineteen. Oh, and he man. what's what's that guy's name? Gosh, I let can't. us know in the yes. comments man, like, <laughs> and he's, it's like that was so funny i remember that when that came out but i can't remember the guy's name that was hilarious and he's like i tell you and it never anyways like that anyways that's the kind of pastor you are right like that's no, no. So, so this can, what you see right here is what you get in a pastor that's what i'm talking about dude hold on let's see here <laughs> oh, here we go. a little late a little late yeah, yeah, we're man. live in the studio at 201 uh, today. And um, so you were a part of a church, uh, a bigger church, had yeah. several campuses. So I came to I came back to Austin. I was born in Austin, you know, went off to school. Um, God kind of ambushed me and was like, hey, you're going to be in ministry. And I'm like, ooh, let's pray about that. And then kind of a, a really divine moment, had a youth pastor. And I told him, I was like, hey, let's um, – Maybe if you think about it, like hmm. possibly pray about this. And he's like, listen, dude, you need to listen to the Holy Spirit. He said in that last song for you to go to uh, go into ministry, you better do it. And I was like, oop. Oh, <laughs> I was like talking about confirmation. I mean, it was kind of radical confirmation Confirmation I needed because I probably would have talked myself out of it at yeah. some point. Anyway, so went off to school, got a business degree, went off to seminary, did that for three years, uh, was in Denver, loved it, thought I'd stay there. Um had zero opportunities in Colorado. So through a series of circumstances, uh, got down here, uh, moved into an apartment by myself, single, uh, with my dog, Deacon, because every pastor needs a deacon. So I had a four-legged deacon. And he's still around. Right? Oh, he is, yeah. He's that's getting cool. all gray. And, yeah. Yeah. He's um, had ACL surgeries and everything. I mean, at that point, you just got to you know, put it down. Well. I mean, that's a— He got in the trash for like the third time. Yeah, in the last week, and I told Brooke I was going to shoot him, but she didn't like that. So. Yeah, and by the way, we're not we're not animal haters. Yeah, I would never shoot a dog. No. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, the deal was I came down. There was a building, a church had literally just closed, old school Baptist church, and they said we got the new guy, we got the mentor, we got the building, let's make it happen. Huh. And um, honestly, it was kind of a train wreck. Really? Yeah, it it was, and. I mean, I had zero idea what I'm doing. <laughs> zero. How old were you? I was 25, dude. 25. Yeah. And, and First you, real job. That's right crazy. There. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, looking back, you think like, what the heck were they thinking? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would never do that again. Yeah. I wish 
you know, hindsight being what it is, I totally would have got some internship somewhere. Got to. But I was young, ambitious, you know, God's called me to this, so darn it, I'm going to do it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, anyway, so by God's grace, like, man, we threw up a sign on the side of the road, a banner, and uh, people showed up. Like, I knew zero people down here. And so after 90 days, we started having church every Sunday. That's crazy. And, um, you know, it's the exact, if you know anything about the church world, it's the exact opposite of what they tell you to do yeah. in church planning stuff. Yeah. And uh, anyway, somehow it worked, and, you know, God blessed it, and we saw people saved, and, you know, we grew for a while. And, um, I mean, I think if I'm just brutally honest, I just had um, ministry philosophy differences hmm. with kind of the, the folks who oversaw the church, um, and they weren't in the church, which is kind of an interesting situation. Yeah. So uh, finally, I was just kind of like, oh, I'm kind of done with this. Um and, uh, yeah, met this bigger church and ended up having a strange connection with that pastor going back to when my dad pastored down in this area. Oh, really? So he kind of took me under his wing and was like, hey, like, we got a spot for you. Like, come yeah, plan a cool. satellite campus for us. And, you know, so here I go again, gung-ho, and jump off into something that I really, probably in the back of my mind, I'm like, this probably isn't going to be a long-term deal. Um, but I never would have admitted that at the time. So uh, my task going on staff with that church was literally go drive around the greater Austin area and figure out where God wants you. Oh, like wow. that was my job. And for people that don't know, like, cause there's gonna be people here that are like, ah, this God thing. Like, what does that mean? Yeah. Where God wants you. Yeah. Cause dude, that's for, for people that are involved in church, like oh, I'm just trusting in God. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to do this. But like outside of the world, for people that never talked to a pastor before, yeah, and their only view of Christianity or the church is like hypocrites, people that don't, you know, that live crazy, uh, and that are are like holier than thou people, right. yeah. Oh, I'm just gonna pray about it. I'm just gonna. What does that mean? <laughs> um, I drove around and tried to figure out where God wanted me. What does that look like? Yeah, well, I, I mean. I could share my experience, and I mean, there's theory and there's experience, you know, yeah. in theory that you would figure that, okay, if God is sovereign, we believe that yeah. because of what the Bible teaches, that, uh, and he's got a divine plan for our life, then my goal was really figuring out his plan as to where to be. Gotcha. So, in experience, here's what that looked like. Um, I mean, I drove r literally from Kyle and Buda all the way up to like Gerald, and from Liberty Hill. I guess Hutto was about as far east as I went. Yeah. But, uh, dude, one day, we were living in Pfluger, Pflugerville at the time. Uh, Brooke and I had just got married, and uh, that was, so this is like early 2016. Mm. So I hop on the toll and head north. Uh, I guess I get on 45 and then go north on 130. And, man, I just look out to my, my right, and all I see is housetops. Yeah. Like, for days. And that was before the housing boom. And, I mean, my heart just broke because, I mean, there's thousands upon thousands of houses in this area. And I was like, where the heck are all the churches? Because even even in Austin, like when you're driving on 35, like you get on the upper deck, even downtown, that area, man, you still still see steeples everywhere. Right. Like, I don't know that those churches are really active, but the buildings are there. Mm -hmm. There's not even church buildings out here. So I'm like, what the heck? Like, where are all these people going to go to church? Like, yeah. how are they going to know about Jesus? 
And uh, so I go home and I look up, I'm, I Google like churches in Hutto. And I figure out that there's probably about a dozen churches. There's probably two that have, I don't know, attendance greater than like 200. And I'm like, dude, there's 25,000 people. Yeah, especially at the time, right? At that time, yeah. Yeah. And you got 12 churches that, I mean, max are reaching 2,000 people, and that's being generous. Like, okay, that's it for me. I'm not not going anywhere else. I'm going to Hutto. So funny story. So, like, you know, big church politics, we had to pitch this to the elder team, and they had to approve it, this, that, and the other. And so I'm real anxious about all that. And I'm like, this is where we're going, and, you know, we'll we'll get into it. But my wife is a realtor. And, uh, dude, we're already looking at houses. And uh, we find a house. It's like the house that I'm like, again, this is one of those weird God things that I'm like, well, God wants us in this house. Yeah. And like, that's really hard to explain. And it's kind of kooky. Yeah. If we get into it. But like, I really believe that. So we offered on the thing and got it under contract. We don't even have approval to go out here. So <laughs> they have, awesome. they have like a Monday night <laughs> elders meeting. So Tuesday morning, at like 730, I'm emailing like, Hey, are we good to go? And uh, our senior pastor, he shoots an email back. is like, no man, uh, elders don't see us going out there anytime soon. And I'm like, Oh, no. oh, shoot. Like, <laughs> this is bad. I, and like at this point, like I am so convinced that we have to go to Hutto. I'm like, I'm going to have to resign this position that I just got. And Jeez. we have to go there. And I don't know how in the world this is going to work. And um, so like I'm contemplating my whole life. Like, what is my like new bride of less than a year going to say? Yeah. All this kind of stuff. And uh, he emails back. I mean, he waits like 10 minutes, and he emails back like, just kidding. We're good to go. Oh, no, So, <laughs> So horrible. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I call him, and he answers the phone laughing his head off. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, of course, it was no Did big deal. Did he know about the house yet? No, he had no idea. Oh, my gosh. He had no idea. Where were you guys, like, financially? Were you all okay at that point? Like, was like Brooke making money in real estate? What were you doing to make extra money? Um, so we were – she was making a little more than I was at, at the previous yeah. church, and then I took a pay cut to come to ACF yeah. to do this, and it was kind of a graduated pay scale that as we actually launched the church, and I would end up making about what she was making at the time. Gotcha. So we were like we were okay, but like we weren't rich by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, yeah, um, but dude, the the pressure that that probably put on you. Oh yeah, I'm like. Well, what am I gonna do? Like, we, I get we got to figure this out because we got to go there. Like, God's telling yeah. us to go there, but we call that in the secular world <laughs> the pucker moment. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Like, Wait a second here, dude. I've just made a God. Are you listening? Because you told me to come here, and this church, dude, like he is crazy. Like, I <laughs> I need my money back. Like, what's going on? That's that's unbelievable. I, I'd never heard that story. Yeah. 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 It was really cool. And part of that story was, um, you know, Brooke. Uh, she owned a condo on South Congress, like a little dinky condo, yeah. that, again, before all this real estate boom. And the money that – so we sold that, and, I mean, it was like within 100 bucks. The money of the proceeds for that was like the exact amount we needed for the down payment in Hutto. Dude. And, like, I, like you you can't make this stuff up. Like, I mean, it, yeah. God really aligned a lot of things for us to be here. Yeah, that's, that's uh, pretty remarkable. It was it was pretty impressive. I mean, it was a it was a big confirmation for us. Like, yeah, this is where we're, this is where we need to be. You know, <laughs> yeah. So there you there you go. You've got you know you're you're on staff. You're you're yeah. launching that campus. What what was the timeline like uh, that 
you know, from ACF to launch. And, and then they they gave you – there was a season there where you were ACF, and then there was a season to where it's like, hey, you're on your own now. Yeah, so it was it was all really interesting. And, again, like looking back – for me, especially as a Christian, I just see God's hand in it all and like just the way he moved the pieces and the people. So it was uh, by the time we moved, uh, got settled, began to meet people, kind of was able to gather some folks and get a little bit of momentum. It was almost two years before we actually launched. Really? So we launched Easter of 2018. And, um, you know, even looking back at that point, I mean, that would have been like going into year five of ministry, there's still so much stuff that you're just like, these guys let me do what? Yeah. Like, how much money was I responsible for? Like, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um. Anyway, and it, it was tough. It was really tough. Um. I think there was some really great months, like right off the bat. And then like the weirdest thing, like people just started moving. Yeah, away? Yeah, like out of our church. And huh. it was... Like, this guy got a job in Arizona, and this guy got a job at another church, and so, you know, he and his wife and, you know, kids are out, and then, you know, one of our staff members is like, yeah, I think we're moving to Wisconsin. I'm like, what? What in the world? And uh, he had an opportunity to work remote and, you know, another long story <laughs> or whatever, but yeah, just a bunch of things like that, and, and honestly, the thing that we found out pretty quickly was that people, especially in Hutto, don't really care about what a guy in Austin has to say. And uh, our pastor, I mean, phenomenal pastor, great communicator. Um, I mean, just a guy I love to be around uh, all the time. I mean, really encouraging, um, you know, knows the word. I mean, nothing wrong with him at all. I mean, but for whatever reason, people are like, nah, like, dude, you're my pastor, and I don't know that guy on the screen, so... Yeah, like, so y'all were watching... I, y'all were watching... Yeah. It was a simulcast church at that yeah, point? Yeah, so we were meeting in the Hutto YMCA at this point. So we had this, I mean, ginormous trailer, and it was just full of gear, and we'd wheel all that stuff oh, in. Man. And we'd set it all up. We'd have live worship, so we'd, we're setting up a full sound system, and then as soon as worship was done, um, a pre-recorded message from the night before... Uh, would come on. Yeah. And um, wow. then at the end, I'd get up and say a few things, and we'd pack it all up and go home. What was the, what, what did that take? How, how long did that take? How many volunteers did it take Ooh, to do that? Uh, we could do the whole thing with probably three staff and three volunteer. Yeah. Um, and and you, we could knock it out probably 45 minutes, setting everything up. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, chair down was a little bit easier. It's about 30 minutes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at the time, it was great. We capitalized on the fellowship part of that, and, you know, everybody's hanging out, and man, once you set out stuff, we're eating breakfast tacos and just drinking our coffee and sitting back, and so it was great at the time. Uh, but man, that setup and teardown—that's a grind after a while. Yep, it is yeah. a grind. And yeah, I got a call not too long ago about um, like coming on staff. Yeah, uh, with and I get these calls pretty regularly. Yeah, um, but they're they're like, hey, we're gonna be uh, in, in an elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> and like, hey, we're we're la- we're launching with 150 people from our other campus. Yeah. And like, hey, we're looking for a, a solid worship guy, like that can build a team. And and like, I was so I asked him, I was just like, hey, so who? Like, I'm not interested. One, two, I can find someone for you. 
Um, but I need to know like the kind of person that you're looking for. And then once they started coming into like, Hey, we're going to yeah unload, load every single week. Yeah. I was like, dude, I don't want anyone to die from this. <laughs> and there's so many pastors that go into church launches and church plants and church in the box situations where yeah. they're like, you're working harder, uh, for the setup oh, than absolutely. you are for the salvation. Yeah. Well, and that, and, that was us, man. I mean, well, I mean, because I'm showing up at 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm unlocking the building. I mean, probably half the time pulling the trailer, which that thing was a beast, man. Yeah, it's I like mean, a 16-foot trailer, right? A yeah, I trailer. mean, just to, like, crank it up high enough to get it on the hitch was <laughs> – you break a sweat. Yeah, I'm sure. And, uh, I mean, it was, you know, again – First few months, great, but after a while, just everybody hates it. Yeah. And I would do it differently again. I mean, I would keep it so simple. Yeah. But we launched with, I don't know, probably 60 solid people and just kind of slowly dwindled, and uh, it was rough. Yeah, I bet. So I had got to a point going into fall of 2019, so we're only at this like a year and a half, and uh, I'm like, well, this is not good. Here I am again. <laughs> Here I am again. And uh, so I said, okay, I, I believe in this. I believe in what we're doing. I believe in our vision. Like, I'm going to give this everything I have for yeah. six more months. And then I'm going to have to have a conversation because, you know, the thing that wasn't working for us, I mean, the load in, load out was hard, but that was not the issue. Yeah. You know, for our, our folks, at least what they verbalized was like, we just don't connect with the messages. And it's not... It's not that he's a bad guy or bad communicator, but like, we just, you're our pastor, you know, you're the one we meet with week in, week out, you know, what's going on in our lives, our marriages, you know, like you speak to us. Right. And. Well, that's got to be encouraging. I mean, it's, it's kind of deflating and encouraging at the same time. Yeah. Your success, um, both of y'all have to be present in that and favored in that. Um, I guess as a, as a, as a church, if they don't like him. Right. You don't get any, there's no benefit for you. Right. And it was, it was just tough, man. Cause I'm like, oh no, this is the way we're going. This is the vision. But behind the scenes, I'm like, Hey guys, I think we have some issues. Yeah. And uh, some other guys felt the same way. I mean, feeling the same tension at their campus. And so I'm like, all right, everything I got December 31, 2019 and come January 1, 2020, we're having a conversation. If, if this is, if I'm still in the same place, and I was really hoping I wouldn't be in the same place. You know, like I didn't want to have that conversation. <laughs> But, um, wow. you know, God works all things. And, you know, in September of that year, um, our senior pastor came like, hey, like we're going this direction. We understand we're not all on the same page here. So you guys want to take your campus and be independent? Then we'll not only be okay with that, we'll bless you in that. We'll help you do it. And uh, we just want to see the kingdom grow and yeah, expand. That's cool. And so... I mean, for me, that was like answered prayers big time. And so, yeah, we, we hung in there till the end of the year. And then January 2020, yeah, we're the, like, here we the, go. The year of clear vision. Oh, gosh. Man. Man, I, I tell you what, dude. Like, I met with so, you know, you know what I do for a living. I met with so many different businesses, like September, October, November, December of 2019. Oh, dude, I remember. And we met with, dude, we're just, we're casting vision for these companies. And, and everyone was like, hey, it's the year of perfect vision, 2020. Yeah. yeah. How can it get any better than that? It's the best, 
this is like a godsend. <laughs> and so do we have these campaigns? We have these like like inspirational yeah. packages that we're like launching and throwing at people and it's like, dude, man, twenty twenty, we're gonna kick some. Dude, up. I totally remember it. I remember you I remember you being on that train too, yeah. like just twenty twenty, twenty twenty, twenty twenty. Oh my gosh, dude. So little it's did like, we know what yeah. kind of vision we have. Yeah. So like even um I'm trying to think when like we there's so much money that we lost in early twenty twenty. Um I'm trying to figure out when's ACL? When when is that? October. And, and we're in South by. March. Okay, so you probably lost a bunch in March. Dude, huh? we had so much stuff going on in March of 2020 with all of these companies because they're like, we're going to South by, we're going to kill this, we're going to take over the world, you know? And dude, we lost tens and tens of thousands of dollars on displays, on printed items, on t shirt, you name it. Like it's set in our one of our offices, yeah. just chilling. And then, you know, I, I can only imagine is. Tough as it is for businesses during that time, yeah, it has to be tough for churches because you know the the money that comes in. It's not like there's just money handed over to you guys running churches. It's it's off of people's sacrifice, off of people's offerings, yeah. and their tithes and stuff. Yep. And so it's like when when crap hits the fan, like it did, everyone like goes into pucker moment. And like, oh man, we got to hold on to everything. And so, when you're launching a new campus, an independent campus, a new church, dude, that's got to be the worst time to do anything regarding a new thing. Well, we did we did two new things at once too. <laughs> I don't know if you remember. Yeah, y'all change you change the name or, or uh, what's what are the two things? Well, we did we did so ACF Huddle became Huddle Community Church. Yeah, so that was a church deal. And then uh, that was also the time we took over Milestone CrossFit. Oh, wow. Rick and I did. Uh, February I do, Yeah, 1st. I do remember that. And, dude, <laughs> it, was, it was interesting. So on the church side of things, like, <laughs> by God's grace, nobody in our church lost a job. Um, and they were all faithful in giving. I mean, these days, everybody's doing it online anyway. Yeah. Like, we weren't even taking up offering plates. And so just... Regular recurring giving was great, and then at the same time we we weren't spending any money because all we're doing is getting together on Zoom, yeah, for like small group and <laughs> you know I guess the, we did spend some money on some cameras and stuff. We had to catch up to the the online thing, um, but other than that, I mean, we're not even taking people out to eat like because we're all in quarantine, right? Like just stay home for two weeks and. 10 weeks and 20, whatever. Yeah, whatever it was. Whatever yeah. you did. But yeah, it was, I mean, church was brutal. Like at first you're kind of like excited because we got this new technology and oh, we're online now. Like we're, we're in the real world. But after like yeah. the third week, you're like, well, this is incredibly deflating because you're just staring at a camera. You preach this message. I don't know if it's good or not. Like our people aren't real active online anyway. Yeah. And uh, so I'm just like, this sucks. Yeah. And as uh, as soon as the governor like lifted stuff, I was like, "Y'all come back! I can't do this anymore." Yeah, like, dude. It, it so there is there's there's several different types of pastors, but what this did was expose the pastors that have to speak in front of a crowd. So you got people that have been on camera, like Stephen Furtick. I, I talk about him a lot. Some people love him, some people hate him. Some people love Joel Osteen, some people hate him. Um, but like Craig Rochelle and 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 Stephen Furtick and those guys were they they've been on camera. 
um, more hours than most people been in ministry. Oh yeah. And so like, but what happened was there became a competition, not only like over the, the United States and, and really the whole world, but on a local level, it was who has the best zoom worship service. I mean, there's people, Facebook live. Yes. Oh yeah. And, and, and dude, it like, I don't know how it was for y'all. That was never real intense for us. Like there was some of that because we were like, oh, we can do this. Our quality would be better. It could be this. But yeah. then we heard a, a certain point. I'm like, I'm not spending another dime on this. Like I don't care what you say. <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, dude, like, they, just, well, I'll pull out my iPhone and I'll just, I'll, I'll do it like this, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was like, uh, there was, there was a, like the Brady Bunch of worship music, you know, like where all those, it, it's a split screen. <laughs> yeah. There's like nine people. And you then got, you got like, you're doing it here at your office and you got somebody doing it at yes. their house and they're yeah. trying to like mush it all together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like Cody Carnes is like, oh, <laughs> and there's like 45 people like singing oh, this man. this song, and it's been all edited in you know in post production. Yeah, and it's like, oh, we we've got this, and then it goes viral, and then that church gets a little bit bigger this week, yeah. and then all the other churches are looking at that church, and they're like, okay, we've got to beat that. So let's see what Elevation <laughs> Worship is doing. Okay, they did something similar, so that's where the initial plan came from. Okay, let's look at Life Church. Okay, they're doing something really cool. And it just got to a point where there was this competition over who could have the best production service yeah. inside the church. And so, like, dude, it, it it's even gotten worse now. Well, yeah, dude, I'll tell you, like, a dirty little church secret is, like, all of that stuff, what it did is it added on to people's workload mm -hmm. that were already had pretty full workloads to begin with. And they've carried that forward. Here we are two years later, three years later almost. And like people are still doing that. And it has become a necessity of ministry. But like <laughs> we haven't added staff to take over that. No. And, um, you know, I think, I think looking back at it, at some point, I probably would have killed our online stuff. Yeah. But now it just like it just kind of runs itself. So I don't worry yeah. about it. But yeah. There, I mean, there's been, there was a, there's like, I don't know, four or five months uh, at our church. Where um, our pastor was like, "Hey, we're not even we're not broadcasting our services live anymore, yeah. um, just because the quality had to be so perfect, um, or people would just like pass by. Like, oh man, this, ooh, did you hear that bad note? Like, yeah. it's very difficult, you know, with volunteers. Um, What's well, the same thing as Instagram? Like, we've created an Instagram culture of churches, and nobody can live up to it. Yeah, I I completely agree, and. It, it's who has who has the best looking, you know, pictures. Who has the best looking T-shirts? Who has the best looking, best sounding worship leader? Who has the best sounding pastor? Who oh the backdrops? Remember when? Uh, what's that? What's that <laughs> website that that every church in the world was going to? Church. Let me let me look this up real quick. Let's see here. Church stage ideas. I don't know. We never got into that. Let me see this real quick. I think it's it, it's like it's a full website church stage design ideas. The the cool thing is a creative pastor is a creative arts director or a worship pastor that's overseeing all creative elements. Your your success rate was based on whether or not you were on this website. That's crazy. And so I, I wish I could pull pull it up on that computer. Um, yeah. So like just just take a look at this stuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip that around for you. Oh my! So, yeah, I don't know if you can see that. Let's see here. Uh, yeah, so that's you can, ridiculous. Yeah, so you, you can go through. I don't know if that's going anywhere. Oh man, 
those Christmas trees. Yeah. So right now it's like November and everyone's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta get the best Christmas uh, stage design. Otherwise, dude, I may not get a job in two years. Our, our stage probably won't change for two years. Yeah. Three years, four years. It might be five years. I don't know. So it, it's like it, being a different facility. No, no, no kidding. People don't want to go to church in this, this world because it's like, you know, it's, it's almost another job. Like in in a lot of ways, and I don't want to be I don't want to be negative, Nancy here. But dude, like even uh, I look at I, I look at and I'm trying not to be negative towards like these guys that are recording worship music on, and throwing it on on YouTube all the time. Sure, but it's like, dude, for for me, like as a let's let's say you and at 25 is going into a church. I'm a new worship guy or 20 years old, I'm a new worship guy. I've got to compete with Brandon Lake. And yeah. they just got together. Oh, hey guys, it's Thursday afternoon. You want to go upstairs and shoot a video? And it's perfect and flawless. Um, and it, it's like there's smoke, there's fog, yeah. there's a thousand people that want to come in and volunteer. And they've got a huge team of people. But it's like, dude, it, it's it's not real. No, it's not. And like I was talking with our worship leader this last week, and you know, just kind of his journey. And like at his first gig here in the Austin area, like his senior pastor was like always comparing him to Aaron Ivy and what Aaron Ivy yeah. is doing. And you're like, come on, dude. Yeah. And Aaron, like, Ives a you're great paying dude. me beans. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and he's a phenomenal worship leader. And, um, but like <laughs> his talent to compare, like you're just it's tough. You're not even comparing apples and oranges. You're comparing like, I don't know. Well, <laughs> it, it's, it's, there's a huge difference. There's a school of worship within that church. Yeah. You know, and so to go to a church of 300 people and have that same expectation, that's why I've always been huge on like, dude, if you are a church in the local scene, meaning like you're under 500, really under a thousand, right. and, and you're touching like you're, it's, it's Hutto Church, like whatever it is, you're the church of Hutto or you're the church of Round Rock or like it's, you know, Life Church. They're launching yeah. on Austin campus. I think they've either launched it or they are launching that's a an extension. Life Church is, you know, that's that's not the only only campus they have. And so when you come in here, hey man, I prayed about this. I feel like God told us, uh, man, I looked over on the right hand side as I was going southbound or northbound on one thirty. I saw all these house tops. Like that's where God told me to go. When when people say that and then their only goal is to mimic what one of these larger churches is doing, like, and I say the largest, like Elevation. Oh, we got. I, mean, I saw Elevation's worship album. Oh my gosh, dude, it's so good. We got. We got to do that. When you compare yourself to that, you take yourself out of the community, and you put it on whatever community they're 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 yeah. involved in. Yeah. And it's like, hey, let me ask you something, Mister Worship Guy, Mister Pastor, Mister Creative Arts Guy, Mister or Miss whatever. He, she, it doesn't really matter. When is the last time you went to Lamppost Coffee? Yeah. When is the last time you went to, you baked and sconed here in Hutto and you sat down with someone that was broken, that that didn't know how they were going to pay their mortgage, that didn't know how they were going to pay their electric bill? You know, they're struggling. When's the last time you just sat down with them and said, hey, here's a cup of coffee. Let's talk through this. Yeah. Let's get through it together. Yeah. And and so it's like, whew, man, if we can get through this you know, this stuff that happened over the past two years and, and, and moving on to three freaking years in the next you know, next month will be what the start of three years of this. Like, can we get back just to relationship driven church? Yeah. Instead of performance driven church, you know, it's like 
what's what's his Rick Warren purpose driven life. Yeah. It's like performance driven life. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> that's well, the world we live in. Yeah, hold on one second. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if that was worthy of it, but I just haven't done it. So it's not. It's this is not me. Like I, you know, I can get I can get reprimanded from other pastors. Like we want to give God our best, and I'm like, okay. Um, does it have to be a four hundred thousand dollar LED screen, or does it have to be a half a million dollar new church campus? Can you do that? Can you and your worship leader do an acoustic service only, and do that online and reach millions of people? Can can you put a, put together a sermon? by yourself and start reaching millions of people uh, outside the walls of your church? And the answer is, yeah, probably. Yes, it, it, that, that should be. Yeah, it's possible. There's millions of people out there that are not inside the walls of the church. And so I'm like, why not put efforts into your, um, your, your sermon, into your worship? You know, if that's really the case, that you want to impact the entire world, why haven't we been doing this stuff for the past five years, why 10 it, years. Why is it going to be the whole world? It doesn't have to be. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm straight up, dude, impact the three miles that surround your church. Yeah, I mean, if we could do that, then we can talk about other things. Dude, but, there, like, we got a long way to go before we can even do that, so. There's 150,000 people within a four-mile radius of your church. 150,000? 150,000 people. 50,000, Got to be. No, 50,000. In a a four-mile radius. So you go four miles that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four miles that way. Because you're talking about Flutterville. There's a lot of people that live that. Four miles that way. Maybe. Yeah. There is a ton of people here. And and as as you talked a while ago, dude, like, we've got 35, maybe maybe 40. Let's call it it 30,000. Yeah, yeah, something like that. 35, maybe? I don't know. Let's call it 20. But there's, there's like 60 in the ISD. Okay. So, so if you just look at the school district, ISD. Yeah. If, if the average church, you said there was 12. If the average, yeah, There's more now. Let's call it 15. Call, it, the, call it 20. Let's call it 20. If the average church in Hutto is running 1,000 people. You're still 15,000 people short. Yes. That's 20,000 people. Then yeah. you take Celebration. Then you take Shoreline. Let's say they have 2,000 people. Dude, that's, that's another 4,000 people apiece which we know they have more, and they're not pulling that many from Hutto. No. But then you look at all the other churches. I go to church online. Okay, another thousand. Like, we are still missing yeah. a huge part of the population that's not going. That's that's why we're here. Yeah. <laughs> that's and why so we're that's here. Why, that's why I like you, dude, because um, that you, you have never come in here and like, hey, man, I found out this other church is doing this thing. I'm going to try it. You've always been authentic. You've always been genuine. And you're always like, man, we need more pastors in this town that are reaching people, not reaching programs. Yeah. Like, because it's easy. Hey, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a D now, or I'm going to do a, what, what, whatever the, what the, the weekend or the week long children's I'm doing camp. Easter at Brushy Creek Amphitheater. <sighs> yeah. That was another. Yeah. Yeah. Were you in on some of those conversations? Yeah. Yeah. I was. Yeah. Um, how do we market it? Well, you don't, you don't, we don't want to do this. We like, I hate to, I hate no pastor is going to share the stage in a, in a way that is good for the entire audience. Well, even more than that, no worship leader is going to do it. Well, I mean, I think worship leaders probably have a better chance of being really? non-biased. You yes. think so? Heck yeah, dude. Like, oh, I disagree. Well, I guess it could depend on the, on the, on the, who the worship leader is. It depends on the pastor too. 
Yes. Because yeah. I would share I would share the stage with some of the pastors of this town. There's yeah. some really good guys here. Yeah, it's I don't know, man. It's just it, as territorial as businesses can be, like like when you get on Facebook and you're like, hey, who, what business does landscape? Oh yeah. And there's like yeah. forty five of them. <laughs> when you see a Give comment a real on real estate agent. <laughs> yeah. Who's a real estate agent? Well, here's all my accolades. <laughs> but <laughs> it's like when you get on there, um, Hey, anyone know of a good church for this, for that, for a single mom, uh, for a newly divorced dad, for a mom of two? Hey, who's I'm a I'm a I'm what what is the singles ministry? Just out of college, not married, whatever. You put that on there, and seven thousand people comment, and it's a competition to see which church actually is 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 the 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 top hitter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so it's just like, oh, geez, man, have you, won't you just do this? Let's go back to the 90s when AOL wasn't a big deal. <laughs> Let's go back there and start going to church. Because church, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, dude, or, or give me your opinion. So many people go to church because they think the church was made for them. But we are made for the church. We are the hands and feet. And and so it's like, we've got to find this perfect church. Otherwise, we can't go. And, and so I, when we're trying out churches. Yeah. Just go try them. Yeah. Go see one. If, if you don't like something about it, check yourself first. And then go to the next one. Yeah. Keep going. There's a thousand churches in the Austin area. And obviously, hey, go to Hutto Community Church first. That's a great church to to try out. They they need people. They've got seats to fill. You're doing great things. But it's like, dude, I, I don't want to have this cynical mindset about church. But like, it's really it's not the church that has the issue. It's the people that have the issue. And there's a lot of hurting people right now. Yeah. And so there's so many excuses. But it's like, dude, when I start reading these threads, I'm just like, oh my gosh, dude. Just pick one and go. Yeah, man. I think you're right. Like. People don't realize that that the church is meant to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Yeah. Like, oh man, we go so many different ways. Yeah. Like I know. you know, I mean, there's so many people who have legitimate like church hurt and things they've gone through where people have done the hurting. Yeah. And they've walked away forever, and that's never supposed to be the case, man. Yeah. We've thrown the book. We've thrown policies at people. Said, oh well, you can't wear that to this church. You know, I mean, that's my seat. I mean, just you <laughs> just go down the list of things that people yeah. have done. That have been hurtful, and some of them are, I mean, they're horrific when you hear their stories. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, church is not meant to serve you. No. You're meant to serve in the church. to serve. You're serving God, really. Yeah. Is the deal. And I thought you were <laughs> going to take this conversation another way and talk about people who have stopped going to church. Yeah, I could which, have. Like, I'm all about that conversation, too. Well, let's start that here in just a second. Okay. okay. So, people that have left the church— it's it's always interesting to me when like when and why people leave. You know, we've left yeah. churches, we've uh, found new churches. We we actually visited a church yesterday. Not that we're looking for a new church or anything, but we visited one yesterday. Um, that's a brand new church. Got a brand new building, so it's a it's a unique situation. Yeah. Um, and I don't know their full story, but a buddy of mine um, is a um, worship guy there talk to him and wanted us to come visit so it's cool and it was close to home um but like you know when i was in ministry you would get that text like hey can we talk 
<laughs> you know, it's like it's like my worst nightmare. Yeah, I'm like, like, just tell me what's on your mind. Like, yeah, hey, we're leaving the church. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's do that. So it's like, can we talk? And you're like, no, dude, just tell me your request. <laughs> Is what like most like what, what I goes would, through my head. It's like, <laughs> no, dude. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, dude. You you got offended with something I said from the stage. Yeah, what was it? Oh, scripture. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to contradict scripture and like I'm going to choose like we're leaving because you know God wants me to be happy. You know, there's so yeah. many different like we I had one of the last conversations I had was like couples getting a divorce and oh, man. it's always the worst, man. And so you're sitting like face to face with them and like yeah. you know um and this is controversial, man. Like uh God wants me to be happy over oh. over be committed in my marriage. Uh, and so like, because we're not willing to go to counseling, we're not willing to do any of that stuff. I'm, we're just going to get divorced. Yeah. God wants my happiness over, um, like the shackles that I'm wearing in this marriage. And I'm and just so, like, where, where in the Bible did you read that? Well, I, I don't think God is going to contradict scripture. Um, <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, let's be honest, like marriage is hard and it can be really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, I feel like there's certainly a time for people to get divorced and go their own way. Yeah. But yeah, man, the happiness one. Okay, I, I don't, I don't know. Sorry about the glitch, guys. Um, I accidentally clicked the mouse, and so I've got to fix that problem. You were saying the happiness. Oh yeah, you know, I mean the happiness thing. Like it's just, it's tough. Like yeah, you know, there's a certainly a legitimate time for marriages to end, and like it, it's heartbreaking, and there's hard things that happen, and but if it's just the happiness deal, like. I just, like, I don't see that in Scripture. I don't think that's what marriage is about, man. Yeah. I used to tell like, people, like, hey, we've been married, like, 15 years. Uh, we've been happily married for, like, three. Uh. <laughs> well, maybe you should have done something in year three. You know, yeah. I think that's the issue. Like, uh, okay, so confession time here. Mm-hmm. We're watching some real trash TV in my house right now. Yellowstone or whatever. No, is. no, not even Yellowstone. So you don't watch Yellowstone? Uh, uh, not at the moment. Okay. Uh, Brooke's not into it. Um, and I haven't caught up here yet, but yeah. we're watching love is blind. What is that? Oh, so it's oh, is it a show on Netflix. Uh, yeah, it is. So they put these people in pods. They never see one another face to face. There's like 10 or 15 of them. They all get to talk to each other and you know, like six of them will get engaged. And then in like three weeks they get married. Oh no. That's... And so, you know, you go through the process of, okay, we know each other emotionally and, you know, of course, it's a very worldly show, and you're like, oh, now we're going to get to know each other physically and, you know, all that stuff. So they send them, they set them up at a resort in Mexico. Anyway, my point in all of this is, like, you look at this, and even, even when they're trying to set people up well, like, number one, you're not doing it God's way, no. and so it's not going to work. But number two, like, there's just so many issues people have in relationships regarding communication. <laughs> and, like... If you would address those issues early on in your marriage, like there's a really great chance you can make it work and figure out how the other person communicates and how you need to change to communicate better. And things can, I mean, really take off and be really positive for you. But people just ignore those and they put them off and they put them off and they get to that 15 year, I mean, 20, 25 year. And then all of a sudden, like you don't even know each other and you can't stand to be in the same room. And so, yeah. Happiness looks like a real good deal. Like, yeah, so it sounds like you're speaking from experience. Uh, I thought pastors have perfect lives and their wives love them. 
Well, mine does. <laughs> <laughs> your no. dude, your wife your wife is a unique breed because she like is. Well, that's why I married her. She is uh, someone that can. I mean, I don't know how many times because she's one of our clients. We love her. We love you guys. But like, there's there's been times like like she's trying to get my staff in check. Like, hey, dude, <laughs> we we have something ready to go. We're trying to launch this. If y'all don't get your crap together, like, dude, we can go somewhere else. And I'm like, Brooke, this, I'm, I'm, I'm reading this as you're writing it, girl. You better calm down, recognize. But it's like she is one of those. She's like a – she's not the compassionate pastor's wife, which no, is cool. Not, and so, you know, it's tough because I'm sure that she – when there are people that are like, man, she sees how hard you're working, you're, you're busting your butt, especially over the past, you know, three, four years – um, when you feel like God's called you to do something, you got to talk your wife into that too. And they got to feel the same thing. And if they don't, it's like, all right, well, if God hasn't called me to do it, my husband has. And so you guys get a little, she gets a little defensive on that. Every pastor, pastor's wife does. And so like to be like protecting your reputation, your sanity, um, not to mention the fact that I'm sure there's been many months where she's like, the breadwinner she's also like you know working her butt off especially in the real estate market i mean dude last year was oh, crazy was and so like she's a unique breed of of uh, of person man where it's like i don't know how she keeps all that in check because uh, she is a bulldog um, yeah she really is and so you know it's got to be it's it's got to be something dude where what i don't know what you're doing to like make sure y'all's relationships in check and, and, and not happy, but like full fulfilled, you know, I don't know what y'all are doing, but there are people out there, dude, that don't have that. Yeah. And there are people out there that don't know Jesus that are going through the same hell that all these other people are going through. Um, and they're not sending you text messages. Hey, I'm so tired. I can't show up to volunteer this week. Or, hey, I think we're going to leave <laughs> church. And, you know, it's not just your church. It's, yeah, every, it's church. every church. It's every yeah. volunteer has that thought process. And so, um, you know, it's it's just cool to see the past uh, three to five years how you guys have really um, – you've just really been faithful to the Lord. And not not just the Lord, because that's kind of the the Christianese coming out of me. But like, you've been faithful and committed to this area to where you feel God has called you. Um, and I don't know very many people that are like, "Hey, God called me to Hutto," and, and I I like that's why we're here. Yeah, like we honestly feel that. And there's been there's been months, dude. There's been weeks, and I'm like. I don't care what God called me to do. I'm about to get the, <laughs> I'm about to get the heck out of here, yeah, bro. Yeah, I um, felt the same. Because God can show enough call me to Liberty Hill pretty daggum quick. Yeah. Uh, and if he didn't call me there, he'll meet me there. Because, yeah. you know, Scripture says the Holy Spirit's going to go before me. And if I go out there, I know he's already <laughs> there. So, you know, whatever. I can manipulate Scripture any way I want to. They do it all the time. Anyways, getting on track here. Let's let's get off church for a little bit. Okay. Um, There's a lot of church hurt out there. There is. And I have, let me just say before we move on, I have a lot of compassion for people with church. Um, but if if you're listening and you're not going to church and not involved, I hope that you will be mature enough to recognize that like it was a person that hurt you. Yeah. Probably yeah. in the name of Jesus or in the name of God. And um, I have tremendous compassion for that. But I hope at the same time that you will move past that. 
and do whatever yeah. you need to do and find a place to be plugged in because man there's a there's a lot of hurting people in this town and so you call yourself a believer you know you got to love the bride of Christ um I don't have a lot of friends where I like them but I don't like their hmm. wives and uh you know the church is called in scripture uh, kind of a metaphor, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's the bride of Christ. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, so get involved, be in somewhere, come to Hutto Community Church, go somewhere else. I don't care. I'll introduce you to another pastor. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we can move on from church. Yeah. But no, yeah, man, I, ho- I hope people will move on and be involved because, yeah, you believe the Bible, then eternity's at stake for a lot of people. So let's so, be on mission. Anyway, okay, I'm done. No, it's okay, bro. It's okay. You <laughs> Listen, this is your show. Um, get into preach, preach you're, mode here. you're probably going to be one of those people that that's on here. Like I, you know, I, I said last night, uh, with Jen, I was like, I, I envision there'd be five, six people on the podcast. I was really touched by your words about me yesterday. Oh, dude, it made me tear up. It, it, I sent the, I sent this message to you yesterday. Um, what does it say? What's up, boo? How you doing? No, anyways, that's not what it said. Um, I said I was going to call this trying Thanksgiving, yeah. trying to live a life of just being thankful. And I hate the fact that we're almost an hour in on this <laughs> <laughs> because most people are like, oh, my God, these guys are church boys. We're not going to listen. <laughs> but hopefully, you know, hopefully. hopefully persevere. <laughs> it's persevere. Like, we, need to, we need to take a, a, hey, listen, if you want to listen to thankfulness, go to 57 in. Um Dude, <laughs> put that in the notes. Yeah, I probably do need to write it down. There's there's so much like pain, dude. And growing up for me, and I'm not I'm not like scared to talk about this stuff because I know my mom, I know my dad, I know my family's gonna listen to this thing. Um, growing up, like holidays for me sucked. They were the worst, and I can talk about it now because I have. A platform. I I'm successful. I have, um, I, like I don't really care what my parents think about me now. I needed that growing up, but dude, um, it sucked, man. I was I, I was I was uh, raised. Um, uh, my my parents were divorced. Um, they remarried other people. Um, but as a kid, when that happens, like you're going into no one cares about Halloween. You don't, you're not going to see your dad on Halloween. No, you just got to get that candy, man. <laughs> Sugar like, rush. Yes. So, you know, that it's, that's not a big deal. Valentine's Day, not a big deal. Um, you know, spring break, we never had a spring break because we were, I was playing ball. Yep. Same um, uh, summertime, like we, we didn't take a lot of trips because, uh, not with my dad because he was working doing some other job. I don't know what he was doing, working. My mom was a school teacher, so you know she had a couple months off, and so but we didn't have money to go on these you know lavish vacations. So yeah. we we played baseball um, and and other sports, and maybe if we got sponsored by um, someone in church, I'd get to go on a church camp. Um, and what, what what do you mean sponsored? Well, back in the days when you didn't have money, they asked like, hey, can someone like like sponsor a, a kid or two or, and didn't know back then, Oh, we were freaking poor. Like mm-hmm. and my mom will kill me probably for saying that, but like we didn't have all the money in the world. Um, and so I'm kind of building up here to what, what the holiday season was, you know, we get out, got, got out of school and Thanksgiving and it was like, you know, I'm sure my, my mom and stepdad were, 
um, struggling just to put enough gas in the car to drive to East Texas yeah. to be at my aunt's house to see all the family, and then hopefully we had enough gas to come back. Uh, and Lord willing, we didn't have a blowout, a bad battery, um, something go wrong with the vehicle, and, and like we 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 had those moments, and me and my brother were kind of oblivious to any of those situations, and so to hear. Um, <laughs> to hear other people like have church hurt and stuff like that. The church is like, dude, rescued me. They saved me. And, and, and it could have been like, I can give it all glory to God, but God sent some really great people mm-hmm. to put in my life um, back in the days that were like really impacted me. And still to this day, I have a relationship with, but like you go into Thanksgiving and it's like, well, this Thanksgiving, um, like we're going to be in East Texas. And so you got to call your, your dad and stepmom. Um, and wish them happy Thanksgiving. And like, dude, yeah. as a kid, no, we're playing. Like, we're playing. I don't want to do that. Football man, front yard. Yeah, well, yeah. We and where we went, it was like like a hundred acres, and you could play on hay. You could play in a huge field, and 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 so like, there's so much pain and suffering going on. I'm sure for my my dad and his like his side of the family, because like we're barely even there to call. Uh, and then when we come back, like, dude, we don't like it we don't say sorry. We don't think about any of that stuff. And then Christmas comes around and it's like, well, you know, if you go spend time with your, your, uh, your mom, you got to spend the equal amount with your, your father or right. your, your step parents. And, and, and so, and so there's like this, this relationship, um, it, dynamic that's like, is put on me as a kid and my brother and my sister. And it's like, Dude, you weren't like two Christmases like on Ricky Bobby. Well, no, man, because like both my parents didn't have a crap load of money on my dad's side. He inherited two other kids. Yeah. You know, Ooh. and so like it's not like he's spending all the money that he and my, my stepmom were having like S- spread extra thin. <laughs> yeah. So it's and we're all around the like the same age. Um, I, I say within an eight to 10 year you yeah. know, margin there. But like. Dude, it, it was always drama. Not not like intentional drama, like he said, she said drama. But like no one wants to be a part of that. And it, when it feels like you're in a tornado, and it's like, yeah. man, I'm gonna piss off my mom. If I if I don't piss off my mom, I'm gonna piss off my dad. Uh, if if there's just no way to win. Yeah, and then you throw in the mix of grandparents. Like fortunately for me, I didn't have a lot of grandparents. Um, but then you get married, and it's like, holy crap. You're, you're pissing off everybody. And, and and so, like, man, if we don't see the in-laws, man, they're going to get upset. If you don't see my parents, they're going to get upset. And so, like, then you're the entire drive home from Christmas, you know, because Christmas Eve, we go to see Jen's parents. Yeah. And then we're hauling butt back so that we could open presents somewhere else. And it's like the entire time um, for the early part of our marriage, we are fighting and fighting and fighting. Fortunately, this is pre-kids. And it was like, dude, why the heck are we even doing this? And so for a large portion of my life, I look at Thanksgiving and I look and it's very sad. It's very sad. Uh, I look at Thanksgiving and Christmas as the worst holidays possible because it's always traumatic for me. Hmm. It's, it's straight up trauma. And so I don't know really how it is for my sister and for my brother, um, there was plenty of times. I remember, man, dude, there was one Christmas where um, I think me and my brother had been really, really close to my dad. I guess the past several um, moments that we had, uh, like in whatever season that was. And 
I, I'm kind of talking like my dad's dad. He's not dead, but it, I, I'm like, wait, he's, he's not dead. But we were really close, and, and my brother and, and me were driving back. He had like this uh, – he had this old like Honda, blue Honda with the lights, and I think they'd pop up. Stupid-looking car. <laughs> and, dude, we're driving from Belton, Texas, back to Temple, Texas, and my brother is such a sensitive dude. He's just like – we said – I said one thing, and he just started bawling. Almost to the point where I had to grab the wheel and like, hey, dude, stay. Can you just ball when we get home and like, come here. I'll give you. A, I'll hold you. He's four years older than me. He's, he's a little bit more of a baby. But dude, I'm sure he'll appreciate that. <laughs> I know. So I'm sitting. Um, I'm sitting yesterday in this in this church service in this this pastor who I have no clue who he is. Um, this pastor is talking about like, um, thankfulness. And so I, I wrote this scripture down. It's and I, I should have it memorized, but I don't. Um, good Lord, I got eleven thousand photos here, and it's come on, Willie. There we go. Okay, this is the scripture. Let me read this to you. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. First Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18 through 18. And he started talking about like the people, the people that um, rejoice, pray and, and give thanks all the time. And, and I started thinking about my mom um, because like in every circumstance for, for the most part, dude, she's super grateful, super appreciative and super like, she's the one that's going to go when we next our Thursday, we're going to hold hands as a family. And it's going to be so cheesy and dramatic. And she's going to be like, okay, guys, let's go around and talk about what we're thankful for. And for years, dude, I'm like, this is so stupid. Nobody here is thankful. We, we all are biting our tongue because we don't want to get political because we don't want to offend somebody. We don't want to talk about the, you know, the C word. We don't want to talk about the fact that there's so much pain and trauma and crap. And we've all forgotten about this. And so you want me to sit around and be like, oh, hey, I'm so thankful for the trees and the dandelions. And you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so this was a this was a huge portion of my life where it's like I am so cynical towards Thanksgiving and Christmas. And, and so I'm listening to this sermon uh, and he's like, you know, he said he's like, rejoice always. I don't have a problem with rejoicing. I have a problem with always rejoicing. I don't have a problem with praying. I have a problem with praying without ceasing. I don't have a problem uh, with giving thanks. It's giving thanks in all circumstances. Uh, and, and so for me, like as a kid growing up, I didn't understand the circumstances that I, I was given. I didn't understand that. How can a like a four-year-old kid, a 15-year-old kid, a 16-year-old kid, 17-year-old kid, how can we understand all the crap that's that we've been dealt and so now as an adult, like we've made a decision that, dude, our family, which is me, Jen, my kids, and now this dumb dog, we come first in every decision. And what I don't want to do, no matter like, you know, on the intro, it, it said, you know, it, it doesn't matter like what your dad did to you or what your mom didn't do or whatever. Dude, there are people that are going in to see their family for the first time, maybe this year or, you know, maybe it's the 50th time this year. But, dude, it doesn't matter the circumstances that we're dealt. It matters now how we handle them from this point on. Yeah. 
And so I don't want my kids to have that same cynical mindset, dude, because it's so negative. And so the question that I have, even though I've been rambling, kind of building some substance, some tone a little bit, is, dude, how do we live a life of thankfulness, not gratitude? I think there's a huge difference, maybe not a huge Uh, difference. we got to unpack that. What do you think the difference is? Dude, I feel like I can be thankful but like gratitude, I feel like, hey man, th- hey, thanks for, thanks for buying me lunch. Gratitude, I think, adds action in there, maybe a little bit more heartfelt stuff. But like, how do we live thankful and and grateful for what what we have? How do we do that, man? Yeah, uh, I think it's a good question. I was thinking about it a lot today, um, and I'd probably disagree with you. I think, I think gratefulness is probably a step beyond Thanksgiving, maybe. Maybe that's probably what we're shooting for is gratefulness. Um, uh, you know, I, a lot of different ways to go. Um, number one, you can't be a victim. <laughs> like, you know, I, and I, I'm not trying to say that people don't go through hard things because they do. And, you know, life sometimes deals you some bad stuff. You know, for for us personally, I think the hardest thing we've walked through, even the hardest time in our marriage, um, was just infertility. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we have our daughter Haley. We had to kind of go through. Um, we had to get help with that. You know, with the doctor, and uh, you know, honestly, that was pretty easy. Then we we get ready for round two, and um, man, we just throw blank after blank after blank. And we went through the whole gamut of everything you can do for fertility. And it um, is incredibly hard. And in in those moments, you ask, like, a lot of the why God questions. Yeah. Um, why me? Why us? Um, you know, and of course, in that very moment, everybody you know around you is getting pregnant, except for you guys. Um, <laughs> right. But... Um, I think a couple of things like I had to settle in my own mind like number one like God is still good despite my hurt Um, and he's the giver of all things and he's the giver of all good things and so like I had to settle that like okay God you are good and because you're good, and you have given me so much. Despite the, this one, it seems like this one ultimate thing you won't give for whatever reason that is unknown to me. Um, like there's still so much to be thankful for. Yeah. And for me, dude, it, it's it's really, I try to make it as best I can to practice every single day. And I'm thankful for stupid stuff, dude. Like you would probably laugh and think I'm really cynical. Like I have a a little red oak tree that I planted in my front yard. And I'm just so thankful for it. Like, <laughs> it's it's the dumbest thing in the world, but, like, I'm truly grateful for it. Yeah. Like, I love watching the colors change because God makes the colors change. Like, I love watching, I love watching it bloom and grow because God makes it grow. Um, and so being thankful for little stuff like that, like being thankful for having a roof over my head, I mean, we just had a guy go on a mission trip to Nicaragua, and this lady's living in a a lean-to with roaches like you've never seen before, sleeping on a mattress that, you know, when they pulled it out of the house, it's 
you know, dripping water wow. or some kind of liquid. Uh, I mean, that's how most of the world lives, you know, and, and we don't ever see that. But, I mean, you have a roof over your head. And listen, here we have pretty darn good roofs. Yeah. <laughs> and if, if not, insurance probably going to pay for a new one, or at least mostly. And um, just little things like that, relationships. Um, so it, it's fine in the little thing. There's a great line I was thinking about earlier today. I like Western movies, and one of my favorite is the um, Lonesome Dove series. And in that in that moment, there's the the girl, and she's a woman of the night, and all she wants to do is go to San Francisco, and like that is her big dream. Like it is her goal to get there. When she gets there, life is going to be awesome. And so she has a guy that says he's going to take her there, and you know, they get. 15 miles down the road and looks like that's not going to happen and so kind of her mentor and slash partner comes along is like hey what's going on and uh she just kind of loses it it's like i just want to go to san francisco hmm. he's like listen like life in san francisco is still just life like you gotta find ways to be grateful for the little things and whether it's a sip of buttermilk or whatever your favorite beverage is or you know that's kind of what they talked about in the movie but you know it's finding those little things that you're just really grateful for yeah i mean it could be a shirt that looks good on you for for crying out loud or yeah you know the way your kid smiles yeah it's just the simple things you know and making a point to be grateful for a few minutes in the morning or um, even a few minutes in the evening and just running some of those things through your head, uh, I think helps a lot. You know, and, and one of the things I think is funny is that, you know, Scripture tells us this. And, um, you know, Scripture has a lot of truth in it. In fact, I would argue that it's all truth, but maybe some would, some would argue differently. But, I mean, if you go to a counselor or a therapist or whatever you want to call it, and you're struggling with anxiety, depression, that kind of thing— um, you know, the first thing they're going to ask you is, well, what are you grateful for? You know, I went through a period of in my life where I, I just really battled with depression. And um, my counselor was like, dude, like, you've got to cultivate gratefulness in your life. Huh. And um, so my homework after that session was to go home and to think about all the things that I'm really grateful for or the moments I'm grateful for. And so I've got a document on my computer, and um, I, I forget what they're called. But it's like my gratefulness memories. Huh. And so I went back and I recounted like moments in my life that that were just awesome. That yeah. I was just incredibly grateful for. Like one of them was uh, floating down the Green River uh, below the the, gourd, the the dam there. And dude, it's just the clearest water you've ever seen in your yeah. life. And it's ice cold. And I was on a, a youth huh. trip and we went rafting down there. So you can see these, I mean... You know, 24-inch rainbow trout swimming around. And meanwhile, you got a 16-year-old football player who's ramming his raft into yours trying to tackle you <laughs> out. And, you know, you got to show him what's up. And, and, like, it was just fun, you know. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, looking back on life and thinking, okay, well, we could play the victim. And we could say, woe is me, you know, because I had to suffer through two Christmases. And I was going to piss off somebody no matter what I did. Right. Or right. we can look at life and say, you know what, like, I may have been dealt a crappy hand, but I'm not going to let that dictate who I am and cultivate a mind of gratefulness that, you know what, I had this moment and it was really awesome. Yeah. And I'm grateful to God for that. And I think another big deal is really 
um, acknowledging that God has given us these things? Because if not, then it's, well, this is my freaking house. <laughs> right. And I bought this house. Right. And I'm the giver of good things. And the fact is the house could be gone tomorrow because a tornado could come through and, yeah. and wipe it out. And when we acknowledge, it, it really kind of releases responsibility and control from our life and gives it back to God to whom it belongs. And there's some freedom in that. Um, it, it just acknowledges that he's, he's provider and th- there's something about acknowledging to use like AA language, a higher power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that has more control than we do. And, um, anyway, I feel like I'm starting to ramble a little no, bit now, good. but yeah, I mean, so it's how I start my prayers every day is with gratefulness and, yeah. and thinking about my stupid tree sitting in my front yard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's good, man. Um, it, it's it's uh, it's always it, it's it's a tough time, man. Like some some people are going to go into Thanksgiving this year uh, and see family family members for the first time, that, yeah. you know, since twenty nineteen, um, and so it, it's it, it's. Uh, It'll be an interesting thing, like, I think, talk in the next couple of weeks, man, as, as we unpack, like, okay, were you really thankful? Um, you know, for me, it's like, you know, it's it's easy to be thankful. Oh, thank you for this food. Thank you for, you know, this meal. God, you know, we, we pray your blessings on, you know, as, as you pray for Thanksgiving and stuff. Some people only pray during Thanksgiving. Yeah. But uh, I'm trying to get this attitude to where I'm more appreciative, I'm more grateful I'm more thankful um, for the things. Like, honestly, I walked in here today, and I was so thankful. I had a conversation with a with a gentleman that comes in here. We call him Wild Bill. Uh, you probably met him. Old man is like 84 years old, uh, and he came in. And last time he was in this office, it was actually my personal office. There was a desk here, and it was it's a I mean it's an ugly office. Like we just we didn't do any decorating. And, dude, I was just so appreciative of the fact that, like, I gave him time out of my day. And I'm sitting across, no headphones on, and he's literally just talking to me, and I can hear him. And so, like, the effort that we've put into, like, this wall, because you saw the whole thing unfold. Yeah, yeah. Like, the effort that we've put in on this wall behind me where we soundproof it because these are windows. Um, The effort, that grass wall right there, um, these curtains. I mean, dude we've put a lot of effort into this thing. And I was just so thankful that like one, we have the means to do it. Um, two, this room is going to open up so many conversations with people that had I not worked my butt off on this the past two weeks, um, just the room. Now we've been working on this podcast, uh, for two years, yeah. um, if not longer. Um, and so f- to see it finally be unveiled, uh, is is powerful and I, and I just want to thank myself. No, really. <laughs> it was a Kanye that did. I want to thank myself. Um, but dude, I want to thank you, man. Um, I, I asked Jennifer yesterday. I said, "Hey, who are the people that I'm most thankful for?" Um, and the sermon, honestly, bro, wasn't even good. Like it, it, it was. It, <laughs> no offense to this church, but like it wasn't. Like it wasn't like a, the greatest sermon this ever, this dude ever wrote. Yeah, yeah. It was just the, It was just a sermon. But what I left with was the nuggets of being thankful. Um, 
And, and so like we're driving, I'm like, dude, I'm thankful for this person. I'm thankful for this person. This person doesn't even know it, but I'm thankful for them. And they probably think that I don't like them. Mm. And so if nothing else, I want to be able to sit face to face across this table with people and let them know one that they are loved. You know, obviously God loves everybody, but they're loved by me and that they are appreciated and I'm, I'm thankful that they're a part of my life. And so you were one of the top people on there and, and we're not done with you, bro. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have more episodes to unpack stuff because no one knows your hobbies. No one knows, um, I feel you like know, we've hit the tip of the iceberg here. It's almost like counseling. <laughs> yeah, but out of respect for people and our, our listen, our listeners, <laughs> I'll, I'll, thank you, mom, um, and your family too. You're you're gonna send us to your family? Uh, probably not. Probably not. Yeah, they're, not, they're not very big on podcasts, bro. They, this Bro- is not Brooke, a podcast. Brooke might listen to it. She won't listen to it, bro. She won't make it past the seventh minute. She's <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. I was busy. <laughs> If she makes it this far, dude, I owe her like some coffee or something. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna when I hit when I hit the the last button here, it's the D button. Listen, what happens? This is the last minute of the podcast. Oh, man. and this is where we have to say something cool. Well, you can't put me on the spot like that. I got nothing. <laughs> I mean, bro, you can't end it without being. <laughs> Cool, man. I will say this. I'm very thankful for you. Uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be on your podcast. I'm pretty honored that uh, I get to come right in behind uh, Jen and follow the, follow her up. Yeah. Um, and I really look forward to being here Yeah. a lot more and having a lot more conversations with you. Yeah, it's going to be good, man. Well, I love you, brother. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you so much for being on the DC Journey. My pleasure. Love you too, bro. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see you guys when we see you.